0: Thank you. All right. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. I'm here, as you know at Solutions by Amelia, a lot of folks in our audience, we help people who are underrecognized professionals. A lot of you guys are in regulated fields in healthcare, legal, financial, especially healthcare. And when it comes to putting our expertise out there, talking about what we've been working on inside of our unit or cubicle, that can be new territory. And you know, of course, with compliance, there's certain things we need to be mindful of and when it comes to visibility we all love to have a step-by-step plan and on some of the episodes I go in talking about you know your step-by-step visibility plan other times I'm bringing in I want to start to bring in more resources that talks about all of the other things because as you well know you'll probably got this from other episodes um there's lots of stuff I realized they did not teach us in nursing school (laughs) so on that line on that note I have with us an expert um Felicia Kelly Felicia Kelly how are you Hey, hey, I'm wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to read through your bio and then, you know, you'll let me know what I'm missing or what I left out and we can go from there. Okay. Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. So we have with us Felicia. She is the founder and president of Cyrus Anointing Consulting, a lifestyle development company that provides customized financial education to small businesses. She's a speaker, business strategist, and money management expert, primarily known for her faith-based brand, Coaching Christians to Coins. Felicia got her start in the male-dominated auto industry and mastered the art of generating income. However, she initially failed to acquire the necessary money management skills needed for maximizing it. After losing everything she worked for, she found a way to not only survive, but to thrive. Felicia mastered decision-making skills, which ultimately saved her life. In a single year, Felicia paid off $45,000 of debt (laughs) and built a successful business. She's been, she's, seen firsthand how money um, affects lives and business. So for over a decade, she's been helping clients to strategically and powerfully manage their financial decisions. So thank you so much, Felicia, for joining me. Tell me a little bit more. Did I leave out? I try not to ramble too much about folks, but yeah, what did I leave out?
1: You know, that it, it's always funny hearing someone read your bio when you're actually listening to it. And, you know, You didn't really leave anything out. That's pretty much my life work is just showing people how they can have the things they want and make the decisions that are going to empower them. And You know, I don't really believe in penny pinching. I just believe in sound decision making, be it business, be it money, be it life in general. So you hit the nail on the head.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. So tell me a little bit about the start of your journey. You know, there's lots of people in talking. I've talked to hundreds of business owners and for lots of folks, they've either I want to say they fall into two buckets. They either have always known that they need to be their own boss. They're like, I am the boss (laughs) from young age, or they had an enough is enough moment that I call it. Something happened. They were plugged into the matrix and then something happened and they (laughs) woke up and said, oh my goodness, no, I need to do something else. Tell me about your start. Was it one or the other, a little bit of both? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: You know, it really was a little bit of both. We have this joke in my family, and it's actually a true story. We talk about how I wore a suit to my first day of pre-K. So in South Texas, you go to pre-K at age four, and I wore a mint green two-piece suit. With white fluffy socks and Mary Jane's. And um, I had this little small briefcase that I convinced my mom to buy for me. Oh my God. And <laughs> she was like, Are you really going to wear this? I said, Yep, I ha- I'm going to start a business. And I didn't even know what a business was. I was oh four, God. right? That's amazing. But we had this rule in my family. At the time, I was the only grandchild and we lived with my grandparents. And we had this family rule Felicia gets all the junk mail because I had already learned to write. And I just remember filling out those little forms and my grandma would say, Felicia, what are you doing? And I would say, this is my paperwork. I have all these clients. (laughs) So as I grew up, I kind of got away from that and I fell into the grind because I started working at 16 as a senior in high school. And I was already turning um, 17 and then turning 18 and really falling into that trap of just chasing the bag and grinding. And when I went into the auto industry, I just found myself, you know, working 12, 14, 16 hour days. And one day I was like, I have all these things that I'm doing for people. And I told my husband, you know, cause we worked together at the time. And he said, you know, all those people you help with budgeting when they can't buy a car and you tell them what to do to fix their credit, that's probably a business. And so I kind of doubted him at first. I was like a business. And I was like, I haven't thought about a business since I was like four or five. And I really realized, you know, when they made a major change in management and then they they fired a wonderful manager and then put me in that position, I was like, wow, you know, this really isn't promised. And I actually ended up losing my job. They fired my husband and I in the same weekend uh, with new management. They fired the entire staff. And I realized at that point that I should take it seriously. So it was really a combination of both. That's where I got my start. Wow.
0: So, wow. That's a, that's, I love, I love the And so my brain is kind of spinning. So um, first of all, I would do you, do you have pictures like of your outfit? of like I do <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know I'd love to see it I mean that's like so I, I do and I do I I mean since you share that I will also share I will also share that when I was little I had an imaginary hotel I've never shared this with anybody not that I not, not that you need to be made fit to feel comfortable based on what you shared but <laughs> I, had, I had an imaginary hotel and you know it was pretty extensive it was called almond hotel any case yeah. um, okay first of all with you, what you said, um, nothing's promised. I think, and I'm not really familiar with the auto industry. I feel like there has been, though, at one point, not anymore, that the auto industry, similar to healthcare or legal financials, like sort of a stable industry, sort of mm-hmm. stable previously. But mm-hmm. then told me that both you and your husband, and they knew that they were firing a husband
1: and wife, right? Right, right, right. I left out that I was eight months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: With our first child, yeah. It was a little obvious that you may have been pregnant at eight months. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, just a
1: touch obvious.
0: A touch obvious, and they also knew that they were firing both husband and wife.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm They did, you know, and we were very loyal to that company. Here's the thing: I'm, I'm, I'm loyal as a as a person, and I think a lot of women are. I think that nurturer in us makes us loyal, and. My husband, it's the only dealership where he had ever worked. He had been there over seven years. we The two of us were the top producers. Out of the cars that were sold, he and I sold 60%, even when I was in management, because my customers knew me from the years past. And so they simply just went to him out of just nature. And they fired the whole staff. Either We, we have something in the auto industry called starving out because it's 100% commission-based. So they will... M- If they don't wanna fire you to pay unemployment, they'll do what we call starving out. So they won't allow you to get any customers. They'll redirect your phone calls and the entire thing to where you simply won't make a check and they'll force you out. So when I saw this happening, you know the the sermon. You know was great that I knew it was coming, and so we'd always you know put money to the side. We you know I was running my business still part time, and so I knew it was time for a shift. And I said, well, I wonder if I should go to the corporate side. So I did, and I I started working side by side with car dealers themselves. You know, working side by side with millionaires and helping them to manage their business. So that's when I realized that I knew I could do. This business on my own because if I can sit next to someone who's managing a few hundred million that is daddy's daddy left him, I'm sure that I can do it for business owners making 150k you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. just seeing those shifts really gave me that motivation and that boost and that faith to say okay god I'm gonna actually take this seriously
0: okay all right so let's talk more about that so you, you So your hubby said that, hey, you know, what you're doing with these other people, you could definitely do it on your own, mm-hmm. but you also had at the same time, you were also doing your part-time business, right?
1: Is that I, it I was? wasn't. When I started out, I actually started doing network marketing because I knew that I should have some other income. And so I was just doing, helping people with managing money and, you know, with the customers just because... I was just wanting to help them. They couldn't buy a car. They couldn't afford the payment or they couldn't afford to buy cash or they just simply couldn't get financing because of their financial situation, be it credit or income. And so I just started helping them. I'm saying, hey, if you fix this, this and this, what do you do? Maybe you can start a business or maybe you can do this and make more money. or You should do this. And, you know, I started having people come back six months, eight months, a year later saying, hey, I followed your advice. Can you take a look at my credit? And when the light bulb really went off is when I had a customer who had horrible credit. And then she came back a year later and said, I don't know if you remember me, but this was my situation. And she had a 750 credit score simply by following my advice. And that's when my husband was like, you should probably start charging people for this.
0: Yes! Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And for, for listeners, um, the impact of what Felicia just shared is absolutely amazing and we'll get her information at towards the end. Um, For a lot of us in business, when it comes to getting lines of credit or getting help from the bank, there's lots of, especially among, well, I don't want to say that, but a lot of people have challenges when it comes to financing their business and full transparency, banks will don't necessarily want to give you money if you haven't been a responsible steward of your personal credit. And um, a lot of small business owners are like, well, it's my business. Why are they looking at my personal loan credit? I'm not an expert. I won't get into that. But Alicia just shared a transformation that she gave somebody. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the whole transformation that you were able to give, bring someone to a 750 credit score is like something all, I hope all of you guys who are small business owners are listening to what she just said. And please rush over to her website at the end. But... <laughs> Wow, that, that's amazing. So, so tell me about like what really keeps you up at night about the, the audience that you serve now.
1: But to be honest, the number one things that, the thing that keeps me up thinking about my audience is their lack of faith. People are always looking to be ready, whether it be mentally, financially, emotionally, for their business to look a certain way. They're always saying, oh, well, I'm not ready yet. And you can just fill in the blank with ready for whatever, whether it's to work with a coach or consultant, or whether it's to go to that next level in their business, or whether it's to really take their business seriously. You know, I work with a lot of Christians, you know, having a faith-based brand with Coaching Christians to Coins, I deal with so many people that have a really old school African-American church mentality to where they think, oh, well, you know, having money is greedy just because that's what we were taught for so long in that demographic versus now seeing what possibilities really are and really determining, okay, if I have this purpose and in order to make this purpose come to life and to step out and help people, that takes money. I can't undercharge. I can't do it for free and expect for things to really go the way that'll lead to generational wealth, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's really the thing that bothers me the most is to have so many faith-based people with a lack of faith, <laughs> you know? So that's what really, str- I won't say it stresses me, but I will say it frustrates me at times thinking of ways to help them to move past that old mindset.
0: Yeah. Well, there, there's more I could say on that, but I will keep, I will not necessarily go down that road, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I feel as though people, and, I was, and I'll say, I do agree with the point that, you know, people who feel as though they have a purpose that they're doing something out of purpose. And side note, we really should be doing all things out of purpose and not randomly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Our life, our life is a gift. And I definitely believe we need to act with purpose. I feel as though people feel as though, because like they feel like they are driven by purpose that it should be a charity And what, Uh what I encourage everybody to know is that I ask people, you know, who can help more people, Bill Gates and Oprah or the person on the street holding a sign that says, we'll work for food. Who can help more people?
1: Exactly. It's about reaching people, right? So let's say for example, you have Oprah and then you have, let's say a person in college who's not working. If a natural disaster happened, As I've seen, you know, growing up in Southeast Texas and even growing up part of the time in North Carolina, where we have hurricanes and flooding and things of that nature, it's those people who have the hundreds of thousands or the millions and the billions who are really able to come through for those people. Not that people who do volunteer work don't matter because they do greatly, but it still has to be financed. Mm -hmm. There still has to be money behind it. Mm -hmm. So I I really like to emphasize the importance of building a manner of wealth that will allow you to help people. Because if you're you're a person who's really empathetic or if you're a person whose real desire is to help people, it's going to take money to do it. You know, even nonprofits have to turn a profit Mm -hmm. because they still have to be able to have that finances to support. If you want to go and buy bedding, you know, for shelters, you have to go and purchase that. You can't go to Walmart or to Target or to Bed Bath & Beyond and say, hey, I'm really doing this from the heart, so give me 100 comforters for free. You know, you have to go in there and make a purchase, you know. So that's just um, the the mental shift we have to deal with, with Mm -hmm. people. Agreed, agreed.
0: So along the lines of generating revenue and generating income, I always say that you know no one woke up knowing all things about marketing, all things about sales, all things about business, and right. you know, nor do clients materialize out of thin air. They just do not. Right. Um, right. Let's talk about actionable tips. Uh, how do patients? patient. How do clients find you? Um, and how have you? How did you start to get the word out about what you do
1: now? I actually started completely organically. I recently, when I say recently, I mean the last four to six weeks, just got into Facebook ads um, and advertising, you know, paid advertising. The past three years, all of my traffic have been completely organic. And the very first thing that I did was, you know, goes back to my husband saying, oh, maybe this should be a business. Those were things that come second nature to me. Those were things that I'd studied and learned over time that were just, that I just know. And the first thing you have to do is stop overthinking your expertise because everyone has an expertise and realizing that the things that come second nature to you, people will pay thousands and thousands and thousands for because it's simply not their zone of genius. So the first thing that I did was recognize, okay, Felicia, what's your zone of genius? Are you just a finance coach? Are you a business coach? And I realized that my zone of genius is income strategy whether it comes to bringing in that income or whether it comes to distributing that income to make the most sense for your home or for your business. So the first thing that people have to do is recognize what it, what comes supernaturally to you. What do you say in a room? And people are like, wow, I didn't think of that. That's likely your zone of genius, which leads to finding out your true purpose. So that's the first thing you do. And the second thing is to decide If you're going to be afraid and not take action, or if you're going to go ahead and go forth even in the face of fear. And what I mean by that is I hear people all the time saying, well, Felicia, I don't want to post too much. My family and friends may not support me. And you know what? They may not. And that's okay. But it's not their job to support your business or your goals. It's their job to be, if they're your aunt, to be your aunt. If they're your sister, to be your sister. They're not your audience. So the first thing you have to do is start posting. Like if you want to build organic traffic on online or social media, if you're a blogger, write that blog, share that blog. You know, I also did guest um, spots in people's Facebook groups. People say, hey, Felicia, would you like to coming to my Facebook group, because let's face it, no one knows who their ideal client is right off the bat. People say, niche down, find your ideal client. Yes, that's true. You do that over time. But the first thing you do is put yourself out there because you're going to have to work with a couple of people that you don't like to figure out that that's not your ideal client. And then you're going to hit that one person who's, who you're like, man, if I could just duplicate them times a hundred, I'd love it. That's your ideal client. So, you know, don't get caught up listening to the people saying niche down, find your ideal client, find out who you serve. That's true. You have to do that, but it comes with trial and error and Mm -hmm. it comes with just putting your business out there and saying, Hey, this is what I do. And when the naysayers come, keep it moving because if you're not shaking up some tables, you're not doing anything right. So those are really where you get started bringing in that organic traffic and not also not listening when people say, Oh, the market is saturated. Every market is saturated. It always has been, but we are truly seeing the very beginning of technology when it comes to business, when it comes to um, video, when it comes to live streaming, I don't care what kind of business you have product or service-based. You should be in front of that video camera. You should be saying, Hey, this is what I have. This is why it's great. And this is why you should buy it right? People have to have a reason to give you money. So those are the things you can do right up front without paying for advertising that will get you visibility and get people asking questions about what you do.
0: All right. So I'm, that was amazing. And first of all, I also want to apologize for the listeners. I did not warn you guys to grab a paper and pen before listening. <laughs> so you might want to pause this, grab your paper and pen, and then start this whole thing over. My bad. <laughs> um, all right. So with that, I want to unpack. Oh, well, I can't unpack everything. Wow. Okay. So I love that you said that you're just starting with Facebook ads. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: With So it's a long story. My introduction to digital marketing was in 2001. I had friends who were buying and selling URLs. And then in 2007, I had friends who started a, a digital marketing consultancy, um, virtual assistants in 2007. And so my awareness of Facebook ads, I played with Facebook ads before I was ready for them, to be quite honest, all that Mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about paid ads and paid traffic like it's nothing. And a lot of people from what I'm hearing are like investing in that Myself included, investing in that too early. And I just want you guys to listen to what Felicia said that she started organically. She started by um, doing videos, making like what she did. She did not make it a secret about what she did, how she helps, and the results that she gets people. And she put it out there. And I also invite people to, I, I describe it as doing a tour. Just like we're familiar with book tours, if you have an ebook, you can choose to plan a tour for yourself. You can choose to plan a tour um, reaching out to Facebook groups. You can choose to reach out to podcasts. You can choose to add value to people who've already went and gathered up your ideal people together and put them in one place. And so thank you so much for being detailed, uh, Felicia, about sharing. Of course. course. Also, I love how you said action is needed for you to find out what you do and do not like. Again, there's lots of advice out there that says you need to know whether your ideal client likes coffee or tea before you can start a business.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so much of that is just not true. Nope, it's not true.
0: Nope, nope, nope,
1: it's not. And and it it, it instills procrastination. It mm. makes people procrastinate and it makes people feel like, oh, I'm not ready. Here's the thing, no one's ready. Ready's not happening, it's not coming. And every transition in business, you're not going to be ready for. It, so you may as well start with what you have with what you have and just fall forward until you learn to walk and then walk forward until you learn to run. That's really the way to do it. Action beats idea any day of the week. Hmm. Thank you so
0: much for saying that. So, a lot of my listeners are in regulated industries, healthcare, legal, financial, and for lots of people for those of us who've been in this it does being in regulated industry does stuff to our mindset and understandably so i mean if we're we're in a field where if we say the wrong thing, someone might die, lose a retirement, oh, and yeah. get sued. Oh yeah, um, those are the facts. However, when it comes to business, we tend to take that same mindset mm-hmm. and then we will go into twenty different Facebook groups asking, "What do you think of this logo
1: oh man."
0: <laughs> right? All the time. I see it all the time. All and the time. But, and, and also, and another thing, it was sort of, I don't want to say not our fault, but in, not only are we, you know, scared that we might kill somebody by having a wrong logo, we also kind of can feel, there's another word for it. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. That we need to have, well, yeah, permission. We, we need to oh, get permission. Yeah. And rightfully so, because, you know, we can't just go and do stuff because stuff might happen to people on our day job. However, in the world of entrepreneurship, different rules, apply. Absolutely. different rules apply. And also we're not rewarded for research on our day job. We can literally get credentials behind our name for studying, for going to school, for mm-hmm. being a great student. We can get more, you can get rewarded and maybe our income can go up because we've, you know, spent a lot of time studying and such. And that can make, you know, research mode feel like super good to us mm-hmm. in the business world. Mm-hmm. However, I love how you said that, you know, Action is what is needed, and you know, we are also in a time where your video is what's being rewarded, and so it's kind of making you know procrastination and hiding behind things almost impossible. Oh, yeah, because of the pace of change.
1: Does that oh, please? That, make makes sense. Sense. Oh, like that makes total sense. Oh, that makes total sense because here's the thing. <laughs> According to Facebook, and, and Facebook knows their stuff, like Facebook is not a social media platform, Facebook is a marketing company. And that's why people don't realize the level of change that's happening with Facebook is because they see that, first of all, there is a hundred million hours of video watched every day. Really take that in a hundred million hours. So they're only 24 hours in a day. Think about all the time zones. Think about all the people watching video. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Video hasn't even taken off in the realm. You know, Periscope changed the game when they came out in, what was it, 2012, 13? Might not have been that long ago. Think 2014-ish. But they came out with live video, you know, before Facebook had it, before Instagram had it. And it changed the way we do life. And so as these things are changing, if you sit down and research for six months, You're six months behind. That's why college students now, when they come out of school, they're already behind the game. That's why kids that go to school for marketing right now, you go to school for marketing for four years at the speed of technology right now, you're going to be so far behind the game that you're going to be probably working somewhere, making chump change if you don't start your own business immediately, you know? And- that's really where the win is. The win is getting on a video and saying, I don't care if no one watches this, this is what I do now. Yes, I still am a nurse. Yes, I'm still um, a practitioner. Yes, I still am um, on the corporate side of the auto industry. But when I leave at five o'clock from 5.01 to 9.30 PM, I am this person and this is my business and this is what I own and this is what I have to sell because at the end of the day you control who you are and who you are in business meanwhile the person who signs your checks controls everything from 9 to 5 even if you're the most loyal even if you're the absolute best when you're in business you're decided it you're the best if your customers pay you because that means they see value in what you provide at the end of the day the person who's signing the checks where you work decides if you're the best or not even if you do the best work so we just really have to be aware of what's happening around us and just not focusing on you know the research. I'm not saying don't learn anything, but you have to spend the most of your time on income generating activities. You know, I have a schedule. I work about 20 to 25 hours a week in my business. And on Wednesday, Thursday, maybe for an hour a day, I'm researching, I'm reading, I'm learning. But majority of that time is spent in front of people. So for those of you who are out there that are stuck in research, take what you know right now and go implement it and then go learn something else.
0: Wow. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. Again, for, for a lot of my listeners, we have been, again, as I mentioned, influenced by being in a regulated industry and it's done a number for our mindset. And we tend to, yeah, we're just not necessarily ones to take action, but you know, all of you guys, I want you to listen to what Felicia said and trust her words until you can build your own separate <laughs> believe yeah. latch on to every single word that she said and put the her words into your your minds and hearts and go from there until you know you you can catch up with it or if you're already there awesome fantastic that's wonderful but i just know that being in a regular industry did a t- number on my own mindset to be fully transparent and i wish i had a conversation with someone like Felicia when i first started researching like hey can I do an online business you know even though I've never done one before it's random it's like yeah you can <laughs> yeah you can but in any case so do you have anything coming up on your radar on your horizon what do you have
1: um yeah coming up I you? do actually I have a conference um tickets actually just went on sale an hour ago <laughs> and I see my notifications going off people are buying tickets but it's Christians to Coins live all things money and business and it's really getting away from those cookie cutter events that have you jumping up and yelling and clapping, but you're like, wait, I didn't learn anything. Right. So we're going to have a dynamic roster of speakers that are, you know, are people who have really made waves in the industry. We have two people that, um, two gentlemen that built eight figure businesses. And we even have some ladies who still work a nine to five. And I have one speaker who's actually going to teach us how to increase our salaries while we build a business. So it's just and that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's gonna be in Atlanta October eighteenth and nineteenth. If you want tickets, you can go to bit.ly slash C2C live. And it's C, the number two, the letter C, live, and it's all lowercase. And that's what I have coming up right now, just pushing this event, just excited to learn from people who build businesses online, from people who are building careers, and even from people who are building businesses offline, who have really solidified online and are moving into that offline space and that corporate space. So that's the number one thing I have going on right now.
0: Awesome. 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 um, it sounds like you're, it's, you're doing like amazing, you know, things in your own business. And thank you so much for sharing what you have shared with my audience. Um, before we close out, and this is, I, I do want you to share something about events. You mentioned, well, you one, you have an event coming up. And, you know, if, if people say, if this is a fit, I know that it might not be a fit for all of the listeners, but if it's a fit and if you go over or just any event in, in general that comes up, you mentioned something about, um, I wish I asked this before you mentioned your event. But in any case, you mentioned something about the VIP or mastermind sessions and the value and the benefit that you got from investing in these. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Yes. And, just, and, and keep
0: that general, not specific to your event. I wish I asked you this sooner, but no, no, I, I noticed no, your no. answers beforehand and I wanted you to talk about that then ask if anything was coming up, but it's all good. Yeah, No, no, that's
1: cool. So whenever I go to an event, I purchase the highest level of ticket that I can purchase you know when I go to events I go VIP and it's because I want one, the most for my money. And I want to make sure that I'm in a room, not just with people that I can get information from, but people that I can either help or they can help me. Well, events for me are not just about what I can learn. It's really about the connection. So for example, the VIP night at my event is a mastermind dinner and it's limited to, I think it's going to be about 30 people. Um, But between speakers and attendees, I've, I've only limited it to 15 tickets. And the reason that I did that is because in a room of 30 people for three to four hours, you can make some real connections. So I always challenge people when you go to events, go to the highest level of event that you can stretch yourself to. And the reason I I don't say afford is because we can afford whatever we want. And a lot of times the word afford limits our thinking. So go to the highest level of ticket that you can stretch yourself to. So whether it's an event where tickets are $1,500 $1,500 or $5,000 or if it's a ticket like mine where even the t- highest ticket is 149 on early bird. It really doesn't matter, but stretch yourself to that highest level of ticket because the number one thing you want to do is network and implement. And I've even been to events to where I purchased the highest level ticket and I had a, after mastermind, mini mastermind with two other ladies that made me, I think it was four or $5,000 that following weekend. So just those types of tips of when, you, when you're looking at events, make sure one, that it's going to benefit you or your audience. And secondly, that people that can help you or you can help are going to be there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right, Felicia, thank you so, so much for everything that you shared. Lots of, there's lots, there's so many nuggets and gems that you can take away, um, no matter your background or thoughts on things. Um, there are practical, there's lots of practical stuff that, well, all that you shared was practical. So um, thank you for that. So how can people get in touch with you? Um, if you have anything special that you'd like to give or direct people to feel free to let people know how they can continue this conversation with you.
1: Yeah, I actually have a free training at workwithfee.com. Um, and that's just work with F E. So it's workwithfee.com. They can check out a free training and just get some ideas of things that they can do right now in the, also just really the mindset of what financial freedom is, whether you're in corporate or own a business or a combination of both.
0: Mm, Awesome. Awesome. All right, Felicia, again, thank you so much. And I look forward to staying
1: in touch with you. Absolutely. You as well. Thanks.